It's time for another Root Issues Podcast. I'm Chris, and today I'm not in a very crowded booth, but we got some great voices to speak into everything that Steve's been teaching us from Lessons from the Kings. I'm sitting here with Lauren. What's up, everybody? All right, so now a reminder, Lauren is one of the interns that came up from Waco, Texas. She is super awesome. We've been working together in middle school and high school lives and making plans and just watching things happen. She brings a ton of energy to any room she enters. And then I'm, of course, here with Luke. Greetings. Greetings, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, funny story, like Luke was walking around his house and checking the fire extinguishers and realizing that they're all out of date and they're probably not going to fire. And I'm like, Luke, what? what, do you, what why, what's your concern with? With, you know, fire extinguishers, and why did they get it? Well, he's like, you know, I'm like, just be safe. Don't start a fire. And he's like, but I'm a fighter starter. <laughs> and so if you've never checked it out, just search up in YouTube, fire starters. Um, search for Jesus, otherwise you'll see a lot of match commercials and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fire starters <laughs> for Jesus. You know, otherwise, yeah, you will see a lot of matches and pyros. But Luke has another podcast that's a video podcast that's published on YouTube and other places, and it is called Fire Starters for Jesus. And so it's a great checkout. All right, so today we are jumping into Steve's series on Lessons from the Kings, Understanding Freedom and Our Responsibility. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about our responsibility and the authority that's been given us as we go through these three new lessons the overall title for this week is how do we seek first the kingdom of god we're going to be jumping in and kind of processing around through the stories of second chronicles chapter 17 through 20 and i'm going to try to get the name right but the king we're looking at here because these are lessons from the king is jehoshaphat Mm-hmm. Okay. What a name. Sometimes I stumble on that one and I'm like Jehoshaphat and not <laughs> fat, you know, but Jehoshaphat. And so Jehoshaphat was a king who loved and honored God. I mean, he took the throne and then it talks in the early stages. He tore down the high places. He tore down the idols, the altars and everything and turned the people back to God. And, you know, it's like in all the stories, they kind of repeat. Like, you know, when you get a good king, you know, he starts off good and things are great. And the nation of Israel is prospering. You know, the nation of Israel is still split into two parts, north and south. And, you know, north not so good, south so good. You know, and so Jehoshaphat is leading the people with intention to follow God. And so when we jump into the first lesson, lesson 22, boom, Steve throws a ton of verses out at us and his little bullet point is this the kingdom of god was revealed in the old testament through faithful prophets kings and the nation israel in the new testament the kingdom of god is revealed through jesus faithful followers of jesus and the church who seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and so there's this concept of what kingdom are you seeking seeking and with Jehoshaphat, we see that Jehoshaphat is seeking the kingdom of God. He's seeking to bring heaven to earth and to turn the hearts of Israel back to God, away from the idols. And so, bunch of stuff here. And so, what do y'all think about the kingdom? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, the kingdom, the concept, I mean, it's throughout the whole Bible. And I think, you know, if you really simplify the Bible, it's the kingdom was on earth. It was perfect. Yeah. Then sin entered the world. Kingdom kind of had to leave the earth in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but there was a redemptive plan put in place, as you see the Old Testament. 
and then Jesus died on the cross. Now we have access to the kingdom again, essentially, which all this means is we have access to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, essentially coming back down to earth. So we have a relationship with God again in that sense. Um, and then now we're just in that time of, you know, waiting for mm-hmm. fully to come back. Totally. I guess. Yeah. So that's a, a kind of a way to break it down. I like to break it down with the trees too, right? It's always fun. You know, we have the tree of life. Yeah. Essentially the kingdom. And then Jesus dies on the tree. Yes. And then we have the tree in the new earth again mm-hmm. that kind of comes back and it's all, it's totally. all good again. Totally. What's your thoughts on the kingdom, Lauren? I think the kingdom is just like us getting to live in partnership with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's like, I was thinking about it last night. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what does it mean to live in the kingdom of God? Yeah. And as I was like talking to God, he's like, it's just relationship with me. Like, yeah. it's just me getting to go everywhere with you. Like, yeah. it's our greatest adventure and our greatest joy. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the way I've been seeing it and kind of live it out is like the kingdom of heaven is inside of me, mm-hmm. you know, by covenant through the Holy Spirit. And so everywhere I go, I have the choice to bring the kingdom by listening to the Holy Spirit, being guided by the Holy Spirit, or I have the choice to bring whatever culture is feeding me. Like I have a choice, like, am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit? Am I going to be guided by the Holy Spirit? And then if I am, then I am bringing the kingdom of God with me. And there's a responsibility there too. Like once you claim you're a Christian, once you're perceived that way Mm -hmm. and you don't live that way, you live in hypocrisy. Obviously that's one of the biggest things that draws people away from the church. Yeah. But even just wearing this Jesus hat, like it puts a sense of responsibility on your life. Cause like, I'm I'm just not representing myself only. I'm representing not only the church, but yeah, the kingdom of God, which kind of, I guess all ties together. But the body of Christ is like, we're living representatives for that. Absolutely. It puts a bit of a, it's a beautiful thing, but obviously something to just keep in mind. Well, no, yeah. I mean, it is responsibility. I remember in college the second time for me, you know, I was working at a restaurant and I was a cook and cooks have horrible math language, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's just we're the cooks, you know. And I wasn't a follower of Jesus. I mean, grew up in the church, but I hadn't had that moment, you know. And then I had that moment. And I remember I carved this wooden cross, this ginormous wooden cross, and put a hole in it, put a leather strand around it, and wore it around my neck so that it would remind me, like, I'm new. Mm-hmm. You know, because instantaneously, all my cook crew, they were like, yo, bro, what's up? I'm like, what, what, what? Like, we, you know, you're not cussing like us. Like, you know, the language was different. I wasn't being obscene anymore to the wait staff and to other people, you know. And they noticed right away, and I'm like, you know, things have changed, and I wear this to remind me because I needed that accountability that now I'm bringing the kingdom of God, which is life, not death. That's awesome. You know, and so, yeah, and so, I mean, sometimes it does take that practical thing. Now, I think it's interesting, like, you know, because Steve is breaking down, like, how did the kingdom of God come to earth, you know? And I I love to look at it as the trade-up, the level up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in the beginning, the kingdom of God was revealed in the Old Testament through faithful prophets, kings, the nation Israel. And I would also say God himself. You know, when the nation Israel is fleeing Egypt, he's a cloud by day giving them coolness, and he's a pillar of fire in the cold desert nights giving them warmth. Yeah, and we see imperfection in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, and you know, all the way back to the Genesis, yeah, the Garden of Eden account, you know. And so God's presence there, then he's like on the mountain, and people are terrified, you know, Moses goes up, and then you see the reflection of God on Moses because he's glowing, and so then they're covering his face with veils because people are kind of freaked out. And so, yeah, and so then, you know, so we have that, and then, you know, New Testament comes, and then we have Jesus. Now we have God in flesh, God with us, incarnate, walking with us, living with us, you know, you know, but, you know, 
the access to Jesus, you, you would maybe have to go to where he was. You would have to find him and tell him your needs, and then he could meet those needs. You could go and find him and feel closer to God. But then when Jesus departs, you know, he's like, I, I got to leave so that I can send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And now we all have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. The kingdom of God is accessible to us any day, any minute we need peace. We have access to that authority now. Yeah, I think it's the mm-hmm. big thing. totally. Yeah, the authority. But, you know, sometimes I, I'm like, I don't need the authority right now. I just need the peace. Yeah. I just want to go sit in the garden. I want to go and just be with God, but he's within me. And so I have access. And so it's like a trade up. Like now you think about it, when you access the authority, each one of us carry the same authority as Jesus Christ did. Mm-hmm. And we're all over the world. Yeah. If we move to that realization. And so, yeah. And so I do see it kind of like this trade up. God never trades down. Like, okay, so now you're going to have this. It's not going to be as good as what it was before, but it's what you deserve. No, he's, even if we don't deserve it, we get his love in, the, in leveling up. Yeah. You know. I think to a really cool point that he brought up is um, how do you know you're seeking the kingdom of God rather than you know, yeah. the American dream? And that kind of Absolutely. Heart. I wrote that one down, too. <laughs> I wrote you know? that one down, too. I mean, yeah, like, you know, like, whoa, wait a minute, bro. Whoa. You're stepping on my toes here. Like, I just want a new Chevy. <laughs> And it's hard to discern those two things, yeah. right? Because they're equally, there's there's a pursuit there, and yes. they both have good things about them, obviously one more than the other. Yeah. And sometimes you can see them can collide in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main difference is just what is your intention, right? Yeah. Because I think a lot of Christians, you know, they, they're just fine with being average, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, when we have Jesus and God, we should pursue to be the best. We have such an advantage yeah. to be the light. We should be the best filmmakers, the best artists, the best, yeah. you know, even the best entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. We have that access to be the best. And in a sense that partially is the American dream. Um, but we want to be the best, not to glorify ourselves, but to glorify God. Absolutely. And we want, you know, earthly blessings to maybe bless others and not ourselves. So it's all about the intention of like what you're trying to yeah. accomplish and why. And yeah. And I mean, you know, when we talk about the American dream, you know, I mean, if Alyssa's here, she would be just rattling it off, <laughs> you know, but I mean, we have to like, you know, let's go back to the first intent of what was called the American dream, you know? And so there you had something good. Like you wanted freedom. You wanted freedom of religion. You wanted to be able to worship God mm-hmm. in the way that you see the Bible say it, you know, and not so much the high church of England. And then you didn't want taxation and you wanted small government, not big government, blah, blah, blah. And it goes on. But I think today the cultural view of what the American dream is has been hijacked. It's and consumerism. It, yeah. it's, well, it's consumerism, but it's the elevation of self. Yeah. And that's the American dream. And so there you have a problem, you know, and so there they don't even like go down the same highway. That's true, yeah. Like, you know, and so when you think about like, you know, are you pursuing the American dream or the kingdom of God? I think a big check for me is like, what am I putting my faith in? Yeah. I guess one's building your own kingdom and one is. Oh, yeah, no, totally. You're just building your own kingdom. Yeah. You know, for sure. What do you think about that one? I liked his point that, like, our kingdom, like, the kingdom of God cannot Uh be shaken. And, like, I think that put, like, the American dream versus, like, the kingdom of God of, like, what am I building? Like, Mm -hmm. am I building on, like, the word of God and, like, things that, like, I'll have treasure in heaven eventually with? Or, like, putting my time and effort? Or am I building a kingdom that if the economy switches tomorrow, will it just (laughs) totally collapse? And it's like, where is my hope and my future? And, And it's like obviously there so yeah i mean i just go back i I go back to covid you know Mm -hmm. and you know ambler my daughter was sitting next to me i actually got to go to church and 
Steve was like so energized second service. We don't record the second service, but I mean, he was, I mean, I just say it like this. He was like giddy like a schoolboy. He was so excited to bring this message and he was so excited to like talk about, you know, our new study that's going to start in the fall with Ephesians, you know, and, and he was just like going, he was talking so fast. He was so energetic and animated, you know, and in second service is a little smaller. So he moves off the stage and comes a little closer. And I just love that. I haven't been in church in a while. I mean, I'm like booked downstairs. Stairs, you know, they keep me in the cave. But um, I'm sitting there with Ambler, and Steve was talking about that. Like, you know, just, you know, what do you put your faith in? And I remember this night, like, in COVID when, you know, everything was cool. I had a big, long conversation with my daughter, Ambler, because one of her f- friend's grandmother had gotten COVID, and she was very concerned. We prayed. We talked. You know, and then I came downstairs. And then we hear someone crying, you know, and I'm like, oh. I don't know, maybe Carlos is coming unhinged because during COVID there was a lot of unstable. And so I go back upstairs, but it's my daughter Ambler and she's like, I don't even know why I'm crying, you know. (laughs) And it was like so cool. And so, you know, we just had this big conversation. I was like, listen, I'm sorry the world seems like it's falling apart. But I'm like, if you live there, it is falling apart. But I'm like, I live here, Ambler. Like the church could come to me tomorrow and say, money's gone just can't afford a youth pastor anymore. I'm still going to be a youth pastor. I'm going to find another job, and I'm going to still be the youth pastor here, run things as best I can, juggling. But I was like, if there was a period of time where we didn't have money for our mortgage, I really believe I could just ask God for it, go for a hike up smuggler, and he would tell me which rock to turn over, and there I would find an envelope of money. Like, that's what I put my faith in. Like, he's going to provide for me. His kingdom has access to everything, and he can access it any way he wants to give it to those who ask. Yeah. And so I'm like, my faith is in that kingdom, not in what do I got to do to make sure we're safe. Yeah, and that's what he's talking about, too. Like, I'll bring honey out of a rock, right? Oh, yeah, I love the honey from the rock. And then they <laughs> sang it that Sunday. <laughs> no, I love that song, you know? Yeah, but just the perspective. And, yeah. and when we, when I do live it out this way, it's so evident. But when we just put our time, our energy into trusting God and having yeah. faith in God, just everything works. Yeah, it, it, it does. You know, and it may not always work the way we want it to or the way we see fit, but we, God is good and sovereign. And then eventually, if we stay on that journey with him, we see it play out. Yeah. You got any stories? Uh, I think it's just so interesting, like worldwide, how yeah. sought after the American dream is. I spent last summer <laughs> yeah. in India, uh-huh. like sharing the gospel and doing a church planning internship. And it was like the second or third thing anyone would ask us is like, how do I get to America? Yeah. <laughs> and like, what's the American dream? Mm-hmm. And we would have to like sit there and like tell those people like the American dream will always fail you. Like it'll yeah. fail you here. It'll fail you there. And we'd like, you know, get to like share the gospel with them. But I, it was just like, it's like such an idealistic thing. Yeah. And it's like, they could get everyone worldwide gets anxious, like chasing this ideal. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because I was reading through Matthew six last night uh-huh. and God isn't like, he doesn't like condemn people for worrying, but it's like the trade up principle. Like he's yes. like, seek first, like mm-hmm. the righteousness. When you look into like the word seek and like the Greek, it's like strive for, like be all consumed mm-hmm. with the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. And it's like when you have something so perfect and holy, like filling in those places, like you don't have time to be anxious anymore. Yeah. Like it just consumes you. And so it's like, totally. we have to get people to meet with a man that does that. Yeah. And so 
don't know. No, I mean, trail, I think that, that totally fits. That's not a rabbit trail. I mean, it's like, you know, like, you know, because you're going back to like, yeah, because Steve broke down, you know, Matthew 6, you know, and in the Lord's Prayer, like, that's where that concept comes. Seek first the kingdom of God, you know, mm-hmm. and then all these things will be added to you. So, you know, he goes in and he talks about like, you know, I know what you need. Yeah. Don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you need. I know what you need, and I'll give it to you, but seek first my kingdom. Live in my presence. Live out of the abundance of me. And, I mean, it is so hard to do, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, it's like, you know, when we look at it culturally, like, well, we still have hunger. We have hunger in our valley, you know, and our valley's kind of small, and we could probably meet that need and make sure no one's hungry. But we don't know how to capitalize on that or make that happen. Unless we're living out of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And then he will give us the abundance that we need to meet those needs. And then it's the conversation with the other people that we're meeting those needs with. Are you living out of the kingdom of God? I mean, when you talk about India, like, I'm just like, well, that's like Paul in the metropolis. Like, I see here you have a idol to a God, the unknown God. I am here to represent him. I'm like, you know, if they were like, you know, how do we get the American dream? What's the American dream? I'd be like, I'm going to tell you a better dream. Oh, yeah. And I'd be yeah. like, what's the desire of your heart? Yeah. And they'd be like, I want, you know, whatever. And we'd take them to scripture and be like, yeah. oh, look, God already promised all of this. And yeah. they'd be like, oh, my gosh, we don't have to do anything to earn it. And we're like, yeah. nope, <laughs> love. Nope. Yeah, you got to live out of it, you know, yeah. and such. And I'm like, in seventh grade, what I wanted the most was a four-member-only jacket. Yeah. A what? A four-members-only jacket, yeah members only jacket yeah what is that it's it's this thing in the 80s that was just like really cool it's like that cool racing jacket with the tabs on the top Mm. the flat collar yeah you know because that was that was status yeah (laughs) but anyway so that is lesson 22 just kind of like understanding the kingdom of god seeking first the kingdom of god now king joseph he was doing that he was doing that in practice and in function he was tearing down all the idols he was directing and so then we moved to lesson 23 and then we get into this, it's this little hodgepodge section where maybe there's a stumble. But beware of alliances with the kingdom of this world, and especially any spiritual alliances, for they will distract you from the will of God and bring confusion in hearing the voice of God. And I mean, how many of y'all, you know, like listeners, like, do you hear God? Do you hear his voice? Yeah. Are you struggling to hear his voice, you know? And so for me, when I just read that statement, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm having a hard time hearing God's voice, like, have I made alliances with something else? It, what, where's the confusion coming from? Remove that, and then I'm back in God's lap, and I can hear his voice whisper in my ear. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, spiritual alliances. Somebody want to define alliance? It's like a collaboration effort between, you know, a common interest, usually. Okay. But they're... Common interest, you're going to come together and do something together. Yeah. You know. I I kind of have a story on this. Um, it's kind of recent. Yeah. But I was at a farm. I'm not going to name which one. But have you guys ever heard of water witching? Dowsing? You know, I, I have heard of water witching. I've heard of dowsing. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of all that. I mean, so, I don't know if I could put a definition to it. Yeah. I was there, <laughs> and I'm filming, and all of a sudden this guy pulls out these two little sticks and starts doing this whole thing. And I had no idea what it was um, at first. And he's like, you want to try? I'm like, uh, I, I guess so. Yeah. So he hands me these things. And, you know, I kind of felt it It was working. And the guy was kind of surprised at how fast it was moving. Because these sticks, so you, you can ask So divining questions. rods. 
Yeah. Well, well, we called them dowsy rods. I don't know. Okay. Probably we'll, we'll go on. Go on. We'll we'll figure out. If and we're I was like, about the okay, thing. this is this is actually doing something. This is a bad idea. So I hand them back to him. Now, what um, were you doing? Like, he, you know, were you asking questions? And they were answering. He was, yeah. He just he, he told me to ask for a yes and a no, um, to kind of start calibrating it. And he was using it to find places to you know get water or okay. to set. Um, you're doing this contour thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, after we kind of had a conversation, I'm like, yeah. look, I don't need this type of stuff to get my answers. Like I have a relationship with Jesus. I can talk directly to Jesus. And I don't think this is a medium to do that. Yeah. But just, uh, that was my first experience with something kind of like, I feel like maybe in the supernatural, um, that I had never had an experience with because obviously like collaborations with, or, you know, partnering with the world, there's so many ways you can do that. Um, but I've never had an experience like that in the spiritual. Yeah. So it was, that was, that was interesting. Well, I mean, but, you know, like when you talk about divining rods, I mean, like I said, I saw something on the science channel, like, you know, there is the, um, electromagnetic that kind of forms in water reservoirs and that's what the divining rods are moving toward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they moved closer and it does show you where to drill, but I've never heard of somebody like asking yes or no questions yeah. Yeah. with the sticks. Yeah. I'm like, you know, just pure science, but yeah, but yeah, but an alliance, you know, talk about like, okay, so are you living out of God's kingdom and answering all the questions for your life through God, through his word, through prayer, through his counsel? Are you going to other places and saying, give me counsel? Now, if you're going to another place, is that person a brother or sister in Christ? Are they going to give you godly counsel? Are they going to give you what they think is best? And so an alliance can be anything that you partner up with or anything that you put your faith in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, it's like in the Henderson family creed, you know, it's like God is first and last, mm-hmm. like, boom, you know, like we're, we're bookshelving everything we do with God. And so, you know, we're trying to make sure that our alliance is only with God, you know, and that's the biggest thing with the Kings. We always see yeah. them finding their alliance with something else. Like, I mean, even in the spiritual where Saul went to that, you know, whatever they're called, soothsayer, whatever to bring up Solomon, um, to yeah, other gods or the high places. Yes. And the whole concept of high places is very interesting. I mean, there had to be some sort of draw there for them to keep falling back to it. It wasn't, I don't think it was just a statue. There was some sort of power there that they were finding and seeking. Um, But I think in the modern day and age, it's the high places, the other gods that we worship have been kind of more concealed into just normal things that we don't even realize we're worshiping other gods necessarily. So what do you think some of those things are that our culture looks at Maybe not as gods, but there are gods in well, our life. Yeah, you want to throw a, something on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think materialism okay, is huge. Okay, materialism. I mean, lust is huge, like, in any TV show anymore. Um, those are, like, two of the biggest I see. Yeah. Almost. Even the American dream, falling yeah, back American on that. Dream. Yeah, just, I guess, making ourselves gods, yeah. in a sense. I think you comparison know. in, like, our generation is huge, like, with mm-hmm. social media and stuff, yes. and just, like, scrolling for hours and stuff like that too yeah i mean yeah like when you think about it like you know in the first section in the first lesson you know it was talking about that you know joseph jehoshaphat like took down the high places and those are and we'll get into that in a little bit in 24 but you know when we look at this alliance jehoshaphat was wooed into an alliance with the other nation israel the split and the other nation israel wanted to go and do and have a start a war and they were like ah we need We need our other half. We need to make an alliance. And so that was where Jehoshaphat kind of fell away from God. You know, even in the presence of all the prophets that were saying, 
you know, this is the right thing to do. But there was one prophet who was like, don't do this. This man's going to die, you know. And so it was just this thing that this is the fall. This is the stumble of Jehoshaphat, you know. And so it, it just kind of lays out, like, which kingdom are you sinking? And so let's just jump into Lesson 24 because this is where a lot of the meat of Steve's lesson came from, which is it's like the high places in the Old Testament represent the deep places of spiritual warfare. And here's the kicker, in people's hearts. Jesus has made a way through the gospel of the kingdom to seal our hearts with the Holy Spirit so we can live in victory over the flesh, the world, and the devil. And so we're, we're going to be jumping in here for this last section in this podcast talking about authority and the authority that's given to us through the Holy Spirit and just this understanding, like, there are high places. Social media would be a high place. Like, yeah. it, you know, it can be used for good, but it's mainly used to stir comparison, to feel loss and want. And it's something that's worshipped to materialism, you know, to even, like, you know, the good old-fashioned American dream of, like, all of our faith is put in our government because our government's a democracy and we all can speak into it, you know. And so, you know, high places can be anything that you put your trust in over the kingdom of God, over God leading and directing you. Speaking on authority, like how, is there a way you can tell if someone has authority? Like what are the ways you tell if someone has authority in Christ? I mean, obviously people have authority in a lot of different things, but is there a tell-tale, like, telltale way you can spot that in someone? Wow. I can. I usually tell if they're like walking in peace. Like for some reason, like one of the biggest ways I look at authority and also like leaders, like who like look like they have authority, if they're acting insecure on stage, like trying to take the mic a lot or feeling like they have to have the last word, like obviously they're like sealed by the Holy Spirit and following God, but I'm like, they're probably feeling a little insecure and Mm. like they're, they don't know their authority is insecurity and and, like by the throne of God so they can speak. Um, So like a lack of fear. Yeah, lack sense. of fear and yeah. like like peace and joy are like two of the biggest that I look for if someone's actually walking in their authority. Wow, I'm just recounting every middle school <laughs> youth group that you've attended. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> was, how, was, what, what was, how was I speaking? No, I mean, yeah, like I think peace is a big indicator. One of the words I was going to throw out there is humility. Mm-hmm. You know, like if somebody has authority in Jesus Christ, they know the authority isn't resting within them because of their own actions but it's this this state of humbleness like you know i'm not you know like i don't want to throw like judging card out all the time you know like i think that would be a sign of insecurity like well i'm judging you like i've seen how you live and Mm -hmm. you're not living right you know you know that would be a sign of they they know about authority but they don't really know that they have authority and so they're using judgment and condemnation to bring someone to a place where they're like i need to hear what you have to say instead of just speaking authority and speaking truth so i think humility is a good indicator of knowing like are you walking in the the authority of heaven the kingdom of heaven and do you have that authority in the place of like i'm just humble like i'm not better than you i'm not greater than you but i might know a different truth than you Mm-hmm. And I want to share that truth because I, that truth, because we got to go back. I love it. Like when you think about like superheroes, like got to go back to our origin story, yeah. you know? And I mean, I know Steve, like Marvel, 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 <laughs> we're looking for a hero. And I'm like, yes, we are. We yeah. love story. We need a hero. And Jesus is the final 
hero. He's the hero. You know, but it doesn't mean we can't love movies about heroes. <laughs> yeah. But the origin story, I got to go back to my origin story and remember like, oh, I am only <laughs> as like 2% healthy as I am or maybe more because of Jesus and because of what I've allowed him to do in my heart. Like, it wasn't me. And so what's your origin story that brings humility? So anybody that I encounter, like, I want to encounter them with grace. I want to encounter them with love, but I want to speak truth. And if necessary, I'm going to clean the room. Be like, anything that's evil here, anything that is not of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, depart. Take down the high places. Because you are not allowed here because I'm here. Yeah. I mean, how many of y'all like praying when y'all enter into hotel rooms and clean them? Depends how they look like. Sometimes it's a good reminder to pray. (laughs) What it looks like. I'm like. (laughs) Yeah, I I learned the importance of praying over rooms when I spent the summer in, uh, I was in the Middle East. And I don't know who was in that room before us, but immediately I got there and started having like atrocious nightmares. Like like everything and so it's just like now i like walk into rooms i'm like holy spirit you're welcome here and then like you know sometimes bring out the anointing oil because that's fun but lots some worship music you know yeah yeah now i just simply pray i'm oil on the carpets that leaves a stain i don't do that (laughs) but yeah but i mean it's like you know but yeah but i mean there is this like you know intuitiveness of just like there is a spiritual realm and that spiritual realm leaves residue and so the residue I want to leave is love and joy and peace, the fruit of the Spirit, not condemnation. I want to leave hope. I want to leave instruction. But, yeah, like, you know, I will typically, I mean, I don't, like, blast it out in front of my children. Dear, I'm like, clean this hotel room, Holy Spirit, come, you're welcome. <laughs> Anything that is evil, depart. But I don't know what happened there. Yeah. I don't know what kind of funky stuff's going on in other people's lives that maybe stayed in the room the night before the week before and so there is this this awareness of i'm bringing the kingdom of heaven in here now this is way off there but i heard a story of a pastor who loved to go to like the non-christian markets and bookstores Mm -hmm. and so there was this one store that he frequented every day he loved the vegetables there and he just would like pretend like you know, he was like a water sprinkler just sprinkling the Holy Spirit over the place. And the, and the guy that owned the shop was like a lead Wicca witch. You know, and he went up to that pastor one day and he was like, listen, I don't know what it is, but when you're in my store, things are different. It's cool. You know, and so there is that responsibility of like, we're supposed to bring God's love, his hope. We're not supposed to bring fear. We're not supposed to bring anxiety. And I know sometimes we carry those things. And that's when we need to be humble and go to another brother or sister in Christ and be like, this is what I'm carrying. Can you help me? I need prayer. You know. I love just imagining too, like, two big angels standing behind me wherever I go. And I know it's not even imagining. I know that's the reality, but I just have to imagine it to visualize it. Yeah. But I know that's the reality, which is pretty awesome. But um, No, totally. I mean, yeah, you know, know, and I got like a physical story of that. Like, you know, in my early days here at Crossroads, Steve had this concept of man on the street. It was back when we were still called First Baptist Church. And mm-hmm. so he would send me out on the street with a camera <laughs> to ask questions that he was going to use on his message oh, yeah. on Sunday, you know. You know, and I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, I can do this. I mean, you know, I'm an outgoing guy. I can talk to anybody, you know. And so, yeah, no big deal. I ask these hard questions about God and everything. And some of them were sometimes just random. But my camera operator and this is going way back into the history of First Baptist Church and Crossroads. His name was Scott Humphreys. 
Scott Humphreys was probably about 6'5", six, 6'7", six, and a beef of a guy. So he was my camera operator. <laughs> so I never worried about somebody like coming unhinged. Now, culture was not as unhinged back then yeah. as it is now. And so if you just, hey, we're doing this man on the street segment. We're over from the Baptist church. Can I ask you a few questions? People were like, yeah, sure. But I never worried about somebody becoming offended and like taking the microphone and throwing it back at me because I had Scott Humphreys as my cameraman. Yeah. Now, we also had angels backing us up too. But I'm like, in the physical world, because they can't see those angels, I got Scott. Nice. You know, that's a cool analogy, you know? And so talk to me about like, you know, you've gone and traveled so much, you know, doing missions Mm -hmm. and you know, this concept here, like you've seen the high places of other countries that are definitely spiritual high places like temples, altars, different gods being worshiped, you know, which is kind of, you know, weird for us. Like, you know, we don't really see that so much in America and we definitely don't see that so much in Aspen. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, oh, this is the high place where we serve Bala. Like who's Bala, you know, but, um, how did you feel? Like, did you feel a physical expression of the spirit of God, the kingdom of God moving out of you as you spoke to people about what they were putting their faith in? Yeah, I did. I think India was the first time that I was like overseas and uh-huh. I'd be like walking down the street and I was praying like before I got there that like God would increase my spiritual awareness mm-hmm. of like what was happening around me. And I remember like the first day we like went out and we were walking and like all like there's so many different gods and yeah. demonic influences in India that yeah. like at one point I turned to the corner and I felt like I hit a wall and I like almost collapsed because yeah. it was like so heavy. Yeah. And I was asking someone, I was like, who, like, who is the, like, God of this temple? Yeah. And it was, like, something, like, super dark and demonic. Like, they, like, sac- you know, like, a long, long time ago sacrificed people. But, like, yes. Like, slavery. The history, yeah. And, like, I remember, like, me and my friend Bree, like, we just started, like, releasing the light of Christ. Mm-hmm. And as we were, like, praying, this random guy comes up, and he's, like, a... I am, you know, like we are white people in India, so well, yeah, you stand there, John. Yeah, yeah. And B, like he's like, you guys are so joyful and kind. Like he's like, you're talking to me, and he was like of the one of the lower classes in the Hindu yeah scale, and he's like, oh my gosh, like you guys are just like glowing. Yeah, and we're like, well, that's Jesus inside of us, like the Holy yeah. Spirit. And he's like, oh my gosh. So it's like, like the Spirit of God is so evident. Yeah, when you're like looking for it, we're like in places where people are like more spiritually aware it's like even with the wicca story that you're telling like yeah. i've heard stories like that all over that like when you're like messing in the spiritual realm yeah whether light or darkness like your spirit like that's what it's searching for is like mm-hmm. the goodness the light so yeah. it's like people are drawn to us yeah when we do operate fully in the spirit of God. that's awesome yeah. and those are some of the coolest moments i feel like in life when people oh, come yeah. up to you and they tell you that and you're like okay we're doing it right we're getting this right thanks for the confirmation from god but i mean okay so let's break it down like practical like how do you seek first the kingdom of god and so if you're a listener out there and you're a follower of jesus christ and you're like okay am i seeking the kingdom of god okay step number one that i would always say is like just go ask god uh-huh. You know, just in prayer, in a journal time. Like, maybe you're not a big question answer. I'm a big question answer. I'm like the kid, like, hey, God, why? Hey, God, what? Hey, God, why? You know, but just go ask God, like, God, in my life, am I seeking your kingdom first? You know, and he's 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 a, he's a gentleman. He's, he's good. He's kind. He's the loving father. And so he's not going to, like, you know, you know, slap you upside the face and give you insult to injury. But he is going to speak to your heart on maybe where things need to shift, like, Look to this. Don't be worried about that anymore. And I mean, I think all of us are looking for someone to be like, you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And then 
when it's spoken with authority, we're like, I'm not going to worry about that anymore. And then number two, I would say, like, you know, just kind of do an inventory. Like, what is your purpose? Okay, everybody always talks about passion, and I love passion. I'm a passionate person. But passion won't go the long haul. But purpose will stand for a long time. And so, like, what is your purpose in life? Is your purpose to expand the kingdom of God? Is your purpose to share Christ with others? Is your purpose to know God more intimately? You know, so what is your purpose? You, you, your passions are great, and they're real, and you can analyze them too. But when you boil it down, what is the purpose? Like, why do you get out from underneath the covers every morning? Would you say all Christians are defined to that one higher purpose of bringing the kingdom down to earth? I mean, I think, I mean, but it, but yeah, you know, but it's multifaceted. Like, I'm a parent. So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to bring the kingdom of God down so that my children experience the kingdom of God in their lives. Yeah. You know? Uh, the way I like to look at it is like, yeah, we all have this one purpose, but we all yeah. have different callings to yeah, get. Yeah, it's all the different callings, yeah. you know? And so, you know, then I have a job as a youth pastor, and so my, my job is to bring the kingdom into young people's lives, right? And the people that I work with. Um, I'm a person in the community. I work a lot at the school. I help the school with a lot of other ex- extracurricular activities. I'm going to bring Jesus there. I'm going to be like the best employee. Like, you know, I lived in the school through the years of COVID, and I mean, I'm like, I'm going to be the most joyful, most helpful. I looked at teachers and be like, I don't need an off period. So I will take your off. You, you take my off period and I'll be with your class, you know, yeah. and such because I'm like, you got papers to grade. You got lessons plans to work on. I'm just here fulfilling a call as a sub. So I don't need a lunch break. You go to lunch. I will take your playground duty. And so, yeah. And so. Yeah, like the calling is there to bring the kingdom of God, to seek first his kingdom. And so that would be like step two. Like, what's your purpose? Like, why do you get out of the cover, under, out from bed every morning? And then finally, it would just be like, I love it. Like, testimonies. Like, where have you seen the kingdom of God break into your life? Steve talked about healings. He talked about the miraculous and just seeing that authority that we've been given affect people's lives and when you start thinking about and say god show me the testimonies of when the kingdom of god has broken into my life broken into my family's life and then you start writing those down or you just start reflecting on those now you're starting to get a picture of like oh this is the kingdom of god and am i seeking it yeah you know what else you got anything lord Closing remarks. <laughs> I was just going to say when it comes to, like, the kingdom of God, like, yeah. I'm not viewing God rightly or, like, yeah. myself rightly the first thing in the morning, yeah. then, like, I'm not going to be able to bring the kingdom of God. Yeah. So, like, one of the biggest things I try to do every morning yeah. is, like, I, like, tend my heart is, like, the what the resource is called. And it's, like, looking and seeing, like, what lies could I be believing about myself and about God and then, like, filling them with truth. So it's, mm-hmm. like, if I, like, wake up one morning and I'm, like, God's not good, X, Y, and Z. Like, God, like, what is the exchange for that? And mm-hmm. it's usually like, I am good and I love you and I am I am who I am. Yeah. And, like, he reminds me of his faithfulness, like, through the years. And it's yeah. like, little things like that, like, the littlest lie, the littlest crack in your foundation oh, yeah. can just, like, make you so wonky. And so it's like <laughs> intimacy and then, like, you know, yeah. like, knowing who you are and whose you are yeah. will allow you to, like, walk in the authority to bring the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess just the verse of you seek me, seek yeah. the kingdom of God first yeah. and everything else will be taken care of essentially. Yeah. And what a promise. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everything will be taken care of. 
Like, you know, he'll either give you the roadmap to do it, the strength and the power to do it, the resources to do it, or he'll just take care of it. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't have to do anything. Well, hey, we thank you so much for tuning in to this Root Issues podcast, your midweek jolt. We hope this jolted you a little bit to think more about the kingdom of God and how it applies to your life. If you ever want to reach out and touch us, you can reach us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. And until next week, be blessed and seek first his kingdom. Surface. People up here, they get me nervous. Deeper.